Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my friend, Dr. G, Greg Persley. Dr. G, what's up, brother? How are you today? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate you. About to spread some knowledge, drop some bombs. Yeah, I love it, man. I'm, I'm excited. So you and I connected a few years ago now, which is really fascinating to me that it's been that long. Um, we are both, and people have probably heard me say this quite a few times on the show, part of Grant Cardone's community and the 10X community. And, and it's funny because I was thinking about you recently uh, because last year you, you said something to me. We, we had a, a quick phone call. I think it actually was like two hours. Well, we had a phone call and you and I were talking and, and you were like, yeah, man, you know, the first time I did this, which was the thing that I was about to do, it changed my life. And that thing that I was about to do was spend the most money I've ever spent on a single event for that period of time. I spent more money on masterminds. I spent more money on other things, but I never really invested into an event to what I understand in doing so led me down a path to be around the right people. And so that's where I want to start this conversation. And I want to jump off and talk about for you and I want you to share your story because I know it, but I, I want to share, I want you to share how impactful it was for you to make the decision to invest in yourself. Wow, man, what a great place to start. That's, that's for sure. Um, well, to give a little context, let me give you a little bit of a brief history to your audience. I know you know it, but um, so, you know, I had, I was 23 years old. I graduated with a, a doctorate. Um, I had a wife, a daughter. Um, she was about a year old, two years after uh, starting a business. Son, our son was born with dwarfism and had medical complications. So we spent about eight, nine years um, keeping him alive, keeping the family together, and really focused on financial stuff, not focused on anything other business-wise other than, hey, how do we maintain and get through the week? <laughs> That's what we were focused on. So coming out of that, it was the end of 2018, and this is when that decision was made we're talking about, which was I had always been the guy that bought the cheapest ticket and tried to finagle my way. Like, to the front, you know, 
my way to the front. But it's weird because internally you still feel like you're the guy that bought the cheapest ticket, even though you might be getting some things and you almost don't feel worthy of those because you didn't, you didn't in a position to be there. You didn't, you know, do the right things to be in that position. So I spent money, I spent over uh, uh, about 10 grand on a, on a seat and I didn't have that money. I actually had enough value that I thought it was worth it. And I thought if I'm incorrect, I'll at least pay off the 10,000, but whatever. So bought the ticket, it was the 10X growth. And I'll never forget, man, I was sitting there. First of all, I belonged. That was, I felt like I belonged with this people that were totally different, totally uh, thinking differently in business and, and in life. And I was sitting there talking to a guy and, I'm, and he's asking me what I do. I said, oh, I'm a chiropractic physician and I have a business and we do a few hundred thousand a year. And I said, what do you do? He goes, I'm in real estate. I said, oh, like an agent? And he goes, no, I'm a, a investor. And I said, oh, what's your holdings? And he goes, two billion. Uh, I'm sitting here talking to a guy that has two billion in real estate. Like what? And if you know the one percent rule, it means that one percent of his two billion in real estate is what he's actually collecting per month in profit. <laughs> well, that's that was a lot more money than I'd ever seen. So the the amount of knowledge I gained from three days was well worth and even exceeded the ten thousand dollar investment. And and I do it every year and, and multiple events, the right events. I, I've learned about which events. With, with people, I'm, I, I'm very intentional about which people I want to be around, but I've developed some great relationships and you're one of them. Yeah. And, and same, I mean, you know, I feel super fortunate and very lucky for the fact that I've been able to connect with incredible human beings like you and like so many of the people who are in my community, because I spent a long time being like, where do I fit in? Like, where do I belong? Like what is actually happening in my life right now? And you know, I, I think that one of the really difficult things that people go through constantly is like where when I've been through so much and my back's against the wall and I'm having a difficult time financially and where we have family situations like yours where you literally said we're trying to keep our child alive, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. where are you where are you at emotionally before you make that decision to invest in yourself? Were you just like what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, like what's going through your head and I'll pause there. Cause I want to follow into that a little deeper. Yeah. And so you're right. <laughs> I was at that, you know, who gives a shit mentality kind of, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just meant like, I've been through way worse than investing um, some money into something that didn't work out. And so you know, when you live almost a decade in fear every week, you know, how are we going to get through the week? How are we going to make it to the, through the day? Um, all of a sudden, certain things that most people would go, that's crazy. You're like, eh, you know, the risk associated with the potential reward to me was way different than most people would view it. I just had a different perspective. Uh, when you deal with something, I, I talk a lot in, in different groups and I've spoke on stage in front of different groups and organizations and a lot of people who have traumatic events in their lives, uh, veterans and, and different people who've dealt with domestic abuse and, and all those things. And you got to take things into perspective. Um, you know, your perspective is not the right perspective. Neither is mine. We just have different perspectives. And it doesn't mean that we need to argue about our perspectives. We really need to learn about the other person's perspective and 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 what 
if you go into it like that as an open book, you you say, man, what can I absorb out of this person? Not right. Cause that's the ego talking, man. Like you don't need to argue about it. And so, um, yeah, so that, that's really what it was for me. It was coming from a place of, well, I've been through a lot worse than the potential of investing money into something that doesn't work like I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have. And I think, and, you know, for myself, I, the investing thing, and I want to sit in this for a moment because I, I don't know if this has been true for you or not, man, but every time I've done anything for free, I just don't do anything with it. Every time I go get the cheap ticket, I don't do anything with it. Like sometimes I'll just leave the room, like whatever, right? And and it's fearful. You said for a decade you guys lived in fear. How could you not? I mean, God, you live in America. Those medical bills must have been out of control, right? What do we eat for dinner? Where? How do we fill up the car with gas? You know, the the van's door won't even close anymore, <laughs> right? And it's like everyone around you must have been like, you're about to do what? <laughs> You know, it was funny. I didn't have, I didn't really have anybody in my corner and there was a little bit of secrecy around it. It was like, what, what I, what I learned through this process and I can give you a three-step process of that, that I learned of how really how the universe, God, life, light, light source, energy, whatever, the higher power that, that surrounds us, it's, it's in and around everything, whatever you want to call it, but how that actually works. And, um, and I'll, I'll give that those three steps to you, but this is what I learned. Number one, is you have to make a clear vision for what you actually want. And, and most people have a very foggy vision for what they actually want. They, they justify or, or say, well, I can't do this or that because of where they're currently at. But you have to look into the future and say, man, what do I really want? And once I started looking into that, I decided that the life that I currently had after, after we didn't have to deal with, you know, the day to day is, is our family going to stay together? Is he going to make it type deal? It was like, oh, he's better. Now we can focus on what normal people focus on, <laughs> you know, career and life and, and retirement and, and money and, and doing the things you want to do in life and all these really cool things that we had not done for a long time. And so I started looking at that and I was like, man, I do not want to keep doing what I'm doing. I had a, a chiropractic practice. I was treating people, but I just, that wasn't me. It wasn't who I was. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. They settle for something that is okay and comfortable. But I just, I was so uncomfortable being comfortable, if you will, that I was like, I got to do something different. I got to do something better. I got to do something more. So I started to develop my clear vision for the future. Number one. Number two, I made a definite decision that I was going to do whatever it took. And I was going to take actions no matter what that I was going to move toward that clear, concise vision. And what people don't realize is when you do that, the universe, God, light source, whatever you want to call it, starts to react to that and say, okay, okay, he's serious. Now, what people don't realize in that moment, you're also going to run into obstacles to help you become the person that you need to become in order to deserve the things you're asking for. And that's where people start to get confused. They say, oh, this is, I guess it wasn't meant to be, or, oh, it wouldn't be this hard if it was meant to be or whatever. And they justify stuff. I'm like, no, that's your learning. So ask, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to learn for this? Keep the clear vision, number one. Number two, take action with no matter what mentality. And then number three, and this is where people screw up. They try to control how and when the outcome is going to happen. You have to surrender to the process. Another word for that is faith. 
you have faith that it will occur you just because if it's coming out of you you're not you don't need to force it just allow it to happen and say i'm going to take action toward this clear concise concise vision now i i can i took all this information over like a 5 year period since i made that decision and boiled it down to those three steps. So it's going to take a little bit of time. It's not as simple as that sounds, but that's what I, I would tell people is, man, whatever future you can create in your mind, those are the three steps that, that you need to take to get there. And uh, man, that, that decision, the no matter what mentality, that's where, where it all really began. Yeah. And for me, it was in the same moniker, really, no excuses, just results. It was like, I'm going to figure this out, man. I'm not going to be 350. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to get out of 50 grand of debt. I'm going to figure it out no matter what. Like, or I'm going to die. But guess what? I'm going to die. Greg, I literally distinctly remember. I was like, I'm going to die anyway. So I might as well live my life. You know, but I here, here's, here's where it's difficult though, man. Because if you look at life and you connect the dots and you look at all the experiences that have led you to where you are, you know, there's a lot against you from jump, right? We have these identities of childhood, of our teens, of our parents, our teachers, that time we were on the t-ball field, like all this stuff, it just sits in us. And so I'm wondering here, because I, I want to create more context about who you are. Mm. What, is a, what is a story, what is a experience, a dot for you that in your childhood has shaped who you are that you don't really ever talk about? Oh, man. Oh, that's, that's a good one. So there's a few, but the, the one I'll, I'll point out. So growing up, I grew up on a farm. Um, I worked, my, my mom worked, my dad worked, they were very hard workers. So I had a great work ethic from them. Um, but it's interesting. We talk about perspective and when you talk about your childhood and, and when you're growing up, you, you make connections, this equals that type of stuff. Meaning like an experience happens, you say, oh, it means this, you, you just, you put a meaning to it. Well, this is what happened with me. So growing up, my, my dad was very, uh, very rigid and expected a lot of me. Okay. And so nothing was ever good enough type of thing. It was like, you know, you do your best, but yet there's still something that could be picked out that could be better. It could be more. And so I was, uh, I think I was 16, 15, 16, something like that. And I was playing baseball and, uh, I had a really great baseball game. I love baseball. I'm great. At it. I, I think I probably should have tried to go pro, but I didn't anyway, but uh, I, I took the school route cause I looked at the statistical data, but anyway, I was, I was 15, 16. I had a great game and I was always looking for my dad's judgment, uh, you know, positive, like, um, you know, like you, his, to be proud of me type of deal, you know? And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And, uh, you know, 15, 16, and I had a great game. I was the reason why we won the game. I went three for four. I had, you know, a couple great plays defensively. I scored all the runs, RBIs and, or, or scored them myself. And, um, you know, I was all excited and we get in the truck and we're on our way home and I'm like, dad, what a great game. And my dad's response was, yeah, if you would have got that last hit, you'd have been four for four. Mm. <laughs> and so what I took that as was, well, nothing I'd ever do is going to be good enough and I don't matter and I'm not worthy and I'm not worth it. And that's the meaning I put to that. Now, if I would have held on to that meaning, I would have had very low self-esteem. But when I met my wife, we put all the assets that I had basically on paper in a conversation. We were just talking, but basically we listed them out. And then she's like, so wait a minute, what's your catch? And I was like, I, I live with my grandma. She goes, that's, you're 20 years old. I mean, that's, you're saving on rent. That's adorable. There you go. 
35, 40, living with your grandma, not doing anything, you know? And so when she put that perspective, it changed my mentality of what that meant. So all of a sudden, my dad being hard on me was he was making me tough. He was making me strong. Look at all the assets I've developed because of that. And all of a sudden, there was a, a respect and, a, and an appreciation and gratefulness for what he did. Because he could have been a lot worse. His dad was was never there. His dad was, you know, out at bars and 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 was an alcoholic and beat his mom and all that stuff. And so it's like he could have done all that, but he didn't. And so what a what a strong guy. Whereas a couple of years before that, it was what a jerk. This guy's so mean, you know, he he doesn't believe in me. And so that was the moment where it kind of shifted to that different perspective. And now we have a you know much different, much more uh well, great relationship now comparatively. Yeah. And I, and perspective is such an interesting word, right? Because you, you have this notion of an idea of like what you think reality is, and then you're in it and you get time to sit and reflect on it and you go, nope, that's not necessarily true. You know, I, I think about so many interactions I've had with human beings over my life, relationships, intimate relationships, family relationships. And, and it's, one of the things really funny, Greg, is when, when I was young, people would always call me coach, right? Now, obviously, knowing what I do for a living these days, that kind of suits. But as a kid, it was, it was defamatory, right? Kids would be like, okay, coach, whatever, douchebag. And I'd be like, look, I'm just trying to like show people capability and possibility. But hmm. what I've discovered, and, and I think this is one of the most difficult things about understanding human potential most people will hear things and they will perceive it as daggers when instead it's a hand to pull you up. And, and that was me for a long time because every time I, I remember, so I grew up, I love martial arts. I've wrestled since I was a kid. I did karate, Muay Thai, all the, the whole night. I love fighting. It's my favorite thing. And, and I'd won this uh, tournament in Westfield, Indiana of all places. And it was, I went four for four that day, won all four matches. And at the end, my coach came up to me and he was like, great job, but, mm. and, and Greg, I, you not, the only thing I heard was, but, and a week later, we're getting ready for our next meet and, you know, we have to weigh in. And I literally, because I was like, I'll show you like, literally that was the thought process I had. The night before I ate an entire large meat lovers, pizza, hut pizza <laughs> and like two snicker bars. And I, I have no idea how I made weight by like an ounce wow. and I had the worst coming off of winning a tournament. That was a really hard tournament to win. I lost three matches in a row and got kicked out of the tournament that day. Wow. And he sat and he sat with me and he was talking to me. He's like, dude, what is going on with you? This doesn't even make sense. And he's played. 24 at that time. And he's trying, he's trying to explain to me, you have to understand that there's always space to be better, mm -hmm. to grow, to improve, to go to the next level. And that was a moment for me as a kid that solidified this idea of like, well, maybe not everyone wants me to suck. Right. Right. Did, did you have to go through, I, I'm leaning into this a little bit deeper with you, Greg. Did you have to go through like reconciling those moments and those experiences with your, with your father? Well, yeah. Yeah. I actually call it time traveling. Um, you know, if you make a decision about something and you never revisit it, then that decision that you made about whatever experience or person or event, uh, 
stays the same. And as you mm. grow and improve, as you, as you get older, you should not be the same person. If you're the same person now as you were 10 years ago, you're not evolving as a human being. You're not becoming um, an adult. You're not, you know, <laughs> you're not developing. And so you should revisit those things and go, well, now that I have perspective as a father, why wouldn't I revisit that? I have more life experience. I have more perspective. Why wouldn't I go back and go, well, was, what was his intention? Was he trying to be a jerk? No, he was trying to do the best he had with what he had, with, with what resources he had and the example that he had, which was not great. So, you know, it, it just gives you a lot more appreciation. So when you're 15 or 25 or 35 or 45, it, those things should be revisited. You should look back. I actually, the last chapter in, in my book, it talks about RIP. RIP is one of my favorite things. It's, it stands for retrospection. So you look retrospectively at your life, at the things that you've experienced, and you start asking questions about those things to see if there's different perspectives that you can have. Then you look introspectively. Well, what did I take from those things, those experiences, those events, those people, and how did I portray that inside and who I, am I because of those? And is that who I want to be? And then you project. Projection is the, the P. Uh, projection is looking into your f future and saying, well, if I projected in my future who I actually want to be, what meanings and things do I need to develop or learn or, or, or change within myself to become that person? And the reason why I love the RIP, you know, I don't know how you'd call that moniker or whatever, but I, the reason why I love that is because you literally have to kill the old person off, kill your old you off in order to become the new you. And see, that's where people mess up a lot. They want to keep who they are and the people they're around and the, the surroundings, their physical reality. They want to keep all that the same, but they want to have new things, new money, new experiences, new relationships, new whatever. And I'm like, that's not the way it works. You have to become a new person in order to deserve new things in life. Jim Rohn says it best. You, you, get, you get what you deserve in life, not what you want. Yeah. And so, man, you don't... Do I deserve, uh, I probably want a six pack, you know, I probably want really good abs. Do I deserve them? Well, I don't know. Did you put in the work? Did you put in the effort? See, most things, most things in life are not as difficult we, as we make them. If we take the ego out and all of our um, emotional connections and baggage and all the things that we assume and we take all that out and we just take the actual factual stuff, it's really not that hard most of the time. There's people out there making millions of dollars per year, and there's people out there making millions of dollars per year in the genre or industry that you want to make million dollars per year in. All you have to do is go find those people, figure out what they're doing. Tony Robbins says success leaves cool clues. Well, the, those clues are the things they're doing that make them that money. So all you have to do is repeat those actions and become the person that they currently are and understand they're just ahead of you. They just, they just have a, you know, they just have a few things built in and, and done before you do. So same thing with weight loss, same thing with, you know, uh, having a better body, same thing with better relationships. There's people that already have those things. If you just remove the ego and the emotion and all the connections you have and the assumptions you make, if you just take all those away and just go, what could I do to have a better relationship? You know, and, and then you start to, to actually 
write things down, you're like, oh, that's that's actually not that hard. I just need to start doing them. <laughs> yeah. So, and that, and, it's so funny. And that's so much of the clarity thing you were just talking about. And here's one of the things that I think is most fascinating about life. You, you touched on something that is near and dear to me. When, when I wrote Think Unbroken years and years ago, the, one of the lines in it in the transformation story of me is I had to take the old Michael and kill him. Yeah. And, I, and, and that was figurative. I mean, honestly, Greg, to some point it's literal because my life only changed after the night I put a gun in my mouth. Mm. So in some context, like it's literal, but really it's not. And I think about that. There's a part of you that you got to get rid of. It's the shame of who you used to be. It's the guilt. It's the, the pretending. It's the hiding the secrets. It's the doing all the things that you know are destroying your life. And it's hard. And so I'm curious, what, what part for you, Greg, did you have to kill off? Well, really the insecurities, uh, the, the looking down on yourself. You know, just to say, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm never going to be enough. Um, you know, all, all that negative talk towards yourself. I had to get rid of all that. And, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. You had to recognize it, figure out where it was coming from, but it's simple. It's a simple process. You just got to pay attention. You got to take responsibility for those things. Take responsibility for the things you're saying about yourself, you know, in, inside your mind. Um, Pay attention to those things, take responsibility and go, well, is that true? And start questioning those things. What is, is uh, I want to jump into that a little deeper. What does responsibility in this context mean? Because I, I feel, I fear, I should say that a lot of people will hear this and immediately judge themselves for judging themselves. Yeah. And it doesn't, it shouldn't be a negative thing. It means you're, you're becoming a more evolved person. You're, you're, you know, you're developing, you're growing emotionally. Um, you know, if, if you don't understand your emotions and where they come from and why they're there, then they, you're, you're at the effect of the emotions. They are controlling you in some sense. So if someone or something or an event or something happens and it just takes you on a, an emotional roller coaster, then, then you're at the effect of those things. You're a slave to those things. And so what I mean by take responsibility is pay attention, understand that emotion comes from within you. Emotion comes from the things that you're focused on. Um, once again, Tony Robbins, great reference. He talks about focus equals feeling equals action. So what you focus on, which is your thought process and the things that you have decided are true to you, which is your belief about yourself, turns into your feelings, your emotions, your emotional reaction. And then that turns into physical reaction your, or your actions, the things you actually do. So if you don't take responsibility to what you're focusing on or what your thought process is, then you're at the, the effect of wherever your mind wanders with whatever happens around you. And in that aspect, you're, you're a victim and it could be a, that could turn, could turn out positive. Like a victim doesn't have to be negative. You're a victim to your surroundings and whoa, something good happened. Okay, but you're still a victim of your surroundings. You had no responsibility of that. And when you talk about getting a free ticket or showing up for a free event, well, you don't, you don't connect as much value to that. And if you're not taking responsibility and you're at the effect of everything, well, you're not connecting as much value internally on yourself, like how much value you feel you have of you. 
and that's that's where that begins man like <laughs> you know what you focus on if you focus on the fact or you you i hate to say the fact you focus on all the time that you're not worthy and you're not good enough and you're never going to amount to anything well that's going to create an emotional reaction so if you keep repeating that mantra internally that's going to have an emotional reaction which is then going to turn into physical actions which then turns into your reality and uh you just got to pay attention and take responsibility for those things that you can control. How did that, I want to go deeper into this because this is like, I watch the transformation of my life and the people I coach and thousands of people around the world, just and even as just being an observer of, of humanity. And I see that all the time. And so I'm wondering, how did that play out for you? How, where were the things that you recognized? What were the actions that you took? And and what was the outcome for you? I want to look at it from both perspectives. Everybody always leans into the positive. Shit. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's not necessarily helpful. I, I want to create some context around where you were when you started to notice and you started to make those changes and what that looked like. I, it was it was in my early 20s. You know, I had a young family and we had a lot, lot of things that we didn't have control over. Um, so that was the beginning of take, trying to take responsibility or, or take control of the things I could control, which is, you know, if something happens that is unexpected, that was out of your control. The only thing you have control is labeling as something. Was it good? Was it bad? Is it a positive thing? Is it a negative thing? And there's a really great story and you might not have heard it or you might have, I don't know, but I'll summarize it for you. But there was a farmer and his son, the farmer and his son um, had a horse, the horse ran away. The whole village comes down and says, oh, that's terrible. Your horse ran away. And the farmer says, maybe. And then the next day, the horse comes back and it brings a wild horse with it. And the whole, <laughs> the whole town comes down and goes, that's fantastic. And the farmer goes, maybe. Then the next day, the son is breaking in that horse and the horse bucks him off and he breaks his ankle. And the whole town says, oh, that's terrible. And the farmer says, maybe. And then the next day, the army comes by to recruit his son and uh, draft him, and they pass over him because he's got a broken ankle. And the whole town says, oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. He says, maybe. And the point with that is, is that we project the positive or negative in each thing that occurs. The events are just events. You're the one that puts the emotion and the positive or negative or whatever into that event or into that thing. So if you just take the neutral approach, and I don't mean never get excited, and I don't mean never get sad or whatever. My point is, is that if you take things for what they are, you really can't predict the future. You don't know. You, you go, well, in the moment, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that's great. We got an extra horse. We'll see where it leads. You know? and, and that that's that responsibility side. You know, you don't go crazy with your emotions. Uh, a friend of mine, Brandon Dawson, he he talks about, which you're very familiar with, obviously, but he, he talks about high emotion, low intelligence, which makes sense. If you're extremely angry and extremely upset, you're not going to talk or act with very much intelligence. Same thing if you're extremely excited, you're extremely euphoric, you're not going to think or act with very much intelligence. And that's fine to be like that, but you don't want to live in either one of those states. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really valid point. And yeah, I love Brendan. I think sometimes I sit and I talk with him and I go... I need to get away from you because I cannot comprehend whatever that's coming out of your brain right now. Uh, he's, he's arguably one of the most intelligent people. I've, he, he's got to be a genius. I, I, wanna, I want him to do, release an IQ score sometime just out of curiosity. He's um, a, business, a business scaling genius for sure. That is, that is a true statement. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And, so, and, and I think that you're spot on because I, the greatest mistakes I've made in my life 
Well, twofold. One, they probably involved alcohol when I was younger because obviously and most idiots who get drunk do idiot things. And I was an idiot when I was in my 20s and or well, teens and 20s because I started drinking pretty young. Um, and and the other part of it was those huge, huge mistakes I made was this massive emotional dump. It was like, here I am, high, high, low, low. And, and then I learned how to control my emotions. And people don't understand that controlling your emotions isn't about not letting them exist or be present. Because, dude, I, I laugh, I cry, I feel the full range. Like, uh, it's just who I am now. And it's about when they come up, I just question them. I go, what is this actually about? Yeah. What is, what is being, really happening? Yeah. It's being present with those emotions. It's not suppressing them. It's not saying I'm going to wrestle with them. It just says, look. This emotion is coming up for a reason. Let's use it to my advantage instead of it using me. That's that's the heart, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing that takes uh repetition and and growth and learning. You have to learn how to do that. And people get so it's so funny how we are as adults cuz kids, you know, they try something, they fall off, and a, riding a bike is a great example. They get up and they ride and they fall and they cry and then they get back on it and they, they don't think twice about it. It's like, no, no big deal. I'm just going to keep doing it until I can ride the darn bike. I mean, and I don't know if the, the world or as we age or maybe there's some sort of um, as you mature process that your brain starts twisting things that I don't know about, whatever. But the point is, is that as we age, for whatever reason, we, we start to view ourselves as as certain things like, oh, I'm a failure because like, no, if you view it as I tried, it didn't work and I'm going to learn from that experience and try again, you know, that's something that that we all should do. And we're so afraid of how other people will label us. Oh, you started a business and it didn't work out. You're a failure. And like, well, actually, no, I learned a lot about that business and I'm going to start another one. I mean, statistically, if you start, it's there's a 90% failure rate after 10 years. So if you start nine businesses, you're, you you probably, you know, statistically, nine of those are going to fail. But if you start 10, that, that last one, it doesn't mean you're going to fail nine in a row. It just means that if you start 10 businesses, one of them are going to massively hit. And I'm not saying that you, you're going to fail nine times. But the point is, is that if you have that mentality of like, I'm going to keep doing this because it is coming out of me. It's part of who I am until I figure out a way to make it happen. You'd be surprised at the resources you come up with and figure out. It's the doubt that gets in the way of the fear. What happens if, oh man, because you can't see all the things that are happening out in the universe and control all of them. You don't know what's coming at you. I mean, look, we, I've been, we've been talking about getting on the podcast and getting you and I, right? Getting, um, getting something scheduled. And we've tried to hit with different things where our, our schedules are really busy. And, you know, out of the blue, I connect with you and you're like, hey, man, I had a, a thing pop up. I, you want to hop on? Can we make this happen? You know, there's a reason that happened. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know why. It was the right time. And, and look, and there's, I have a lot of thoughts about these kind of things. And, you know, one of them that feels really true for me is like, as a kid, like, you haven't yet been indoctrinated, right? The, the, you haven't been told stand on the right side of the hall, raise your hand to go to the bathroom. Lunch is at 11, 12 till 11, 17. You haven't dealt with that yet and you haven't dealt with parents who don't believe in themselves because their parents didn't believe in them and the generational trauma like all it hasn't started to seep in yet like kids are this is a weird way to phrase it but in some aspect like as a kid you're nihilistic because you have no concern about anything right you're you're probably not nihilistic not like with knowledge of it right but there's like this element to it and and you talked about surrender and letting go like that's the only way you're going to be successful Man, I've failed so many businesses in my life. It's not even funny. 
Dude, so many. I and and I mean when I talk about failed, I mean like failed, like now I'm 50 grand in the hole failed. Like huge mistakes. And all I've ever done from that is learn. And and what I realized probably, I don't know, it was probably six or seven years ago, man. I was just like, it doesn't matter. None of it met like like really, like great. If you really button this up, right? If you really look at the scope of life, it doesn't actually matter. Like none of this stuff at the end of the day, like show up, be a good person, love your family, try your hardest, that stuff that matters. Cause that makes you feel good about who you are as a human being. But at the end of the day, bro, name your great, great, great grandpa. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Alex Hormozzi talks about that. He talks about three generations ago, his great, great, great grandpa was actually like a, some sort of king of some sort of country somewhere before his family ended up immigrating to america last in the most recent generation yeah. he's like this guy had something like yeah you know, and i don't want to misquote it but he he talks about it. the guy had he was a king and he had like 20 wives and had like 400 kids or something and so he's supposed to be this guy that had everything and all this wealth and all this power and whatever and you have two generations later, it's like your own great great grandson's like i don't even know the guy who is you know whatever you so know it's so this, we take things so serious like we we blow them up into big things and you're Honestly, for the most part, most things really aren't, you know, big things. Yeah. You know what I love? And I'm glad you just said that because I, and I've mentioned this on the show before I heard Alex talk about that. And he was the first person that other than me, I'd ever heard articulate that because I used to have, dude, I used to literally have friends be like, that's so dumb. I can't believe that you think that way. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't get it, man. Like right. all of those things, do they impact you? Yeah, of course, man. Like life will get you. But at the end of the day, it's like the bad things, like they've already happened. Why are you trapped in it? Why are you stuck in it? I love what you just said. Why are you trapped in it? Um, Michael A. Singer wrote a book called uh, The Untethered Soul. Have you ever read that book? If not, yep. I would. Yeah. It's, and he talks, and also The Surrender Experiment was another one. It was his follow-up book. But he talks about, um, you know, holding on to emotion. And one of the stories he has, which is one of my favorites, he talks about, um, you know, people driving a car and most people like to go five miles an hour over the speed limit. So what, what if you're driving your car, you're going five miles an hour over the speed limit and somebody pulls out in front of you and going five miles an hour under the speed limit? You know, for most of the part, like most people would have road rage. They'd get mad. They'd get pissed off. They'd get frustrated at the person in front of them. Well, there's two points here. Number one, what gives you the right to say that your way of driving is the right way of driving? Like. He's going five miles an hour under, you're going five miles an hour over, neither one of them are the speed limit. Like, why are you the correct way? So how egotistical to think, well, my way is the way. And then secondly, um, does you getting mad in your vehicle affect the guy in front of you in that vehicle? For the most part, it doesn't. It only affects the people in your surrounding, the people that are in your vehicle. Now, some people hold on to that all day and it affects their entire day. All the people around them, they'll talk about it. You wouldn't believe what happened. This guy pulled out in front of me and he was being five miles an totally. hour. Where we could be putting our energy and effort into something way more productive and constructive. But why would you sit in that? And that's what I'm talking about with taking responsibility. So before you have a conversation or before you jump into something or before you, you know, have thoughts and start spewing things out, you know, just think about like, is this helping me toward the vision of my future that I want or not? And if it's not, it's like, well, then why are you doing it? You know? Yeah. Dude, that's such an interesting point. Cause we could 
you and I, like in this conversation, could be pissed off at each other for having to reschedule on each other. Right. And it, and, and it's like, and it's like, here was my, my thought with it has just been like, you had to do it. I had to do it. It's life. It's fine. We will figure it out when it is time to figure it out. But like people tie into that. They get stuck in it. People are like still pissed off about their family from 25 years ago. And it's like, look, let's be clear, Greg, because I don't, I don't want to discount any of this. You're allowed to be. I will, I will never take that away from you. But how is it helping you, man? Like, how is, like, like, seriously, let's talk about this for a second. How the fuck is it helping you to be met? Like, my mother cut my finger off when I'm four years old. I allowed that to destroy me for 26 years. It never helped me. And then I turned it into a point of power. You turned it in. I love that you said that. You turned it into a point of power. Yeah, and it probably took a long time to wrestle with that and being, and being hate, angry and upset and whatever. And, you know, there's lots of people that are very successful that had started from a very, and I don't mean successful just financially. I mean successful in life. What I mean is they're content and they're happy and they're fulfilled and they're helping others and they're doing the things they want to do. That's what I mean by success. A lot of people, when they hear success, they think, oh, money. And I'm like, no, that's not just that. Sometimes it's that as well but content and, and all that fulfilled. Um, but, but a lot of people, you know, they, they live in that and they hold on to it and then they define themselves and they never get out of it. They never take the time to say, well, if I re look at that situation, what does that mean now to me? And could I see it in a different way? And then when the emotions start to come up, looking at those emotions and, and asking the emotion, emotions questions and, all those things that, that have to occur in order to go, oh, okay, I have a different understanding of different perspective. And so many people get so mad and frustrated and angry and upset and all these negative emotions about things that aren't even real because they're making it up in their head about what the person, like for instance, a really simple example that you just brought up. You know, if you had to reschedule on me, I had to reschedule on you. What if, what if I said, oh, man, he probably doesn't, what if he doesn't like me? He probably doesn't like me. That's why he had to reschedule is because I'm not good enough. Oh, I, I don't have the information he wants and, da, 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 and on and on and on and on. And none of that is helpful, number one. And secondly, most of the time, it's not even true. It's just like, man, I, I just had a schedule conflict. Like, that's just, it's just what it is. So, you know, what I tell people a lot is when I work with them, I work with them one-on-one -on -one, and especially in a group setting, um, masterminds um, that we have. and. I just let's let's talk about these things and actually look at them and analyze them in a neutral setting instead of putting all the emotion in and just saying what what does it mean now is there a different way to look at it and start asking questions and then you start to have different connections in your brain and then you go oh, okay now I have a different appreciation for it and that's really what I try to do is I try to be grateful and appreciative of pretty much anything and everything in life that that we take for granted on a day-to-day -day basis. And so um, if you can do those things, life just becomes a lot more fulfilling. Um, and you, you take all that negative drama emotion out because that's where most people go. They end up in the negative. They end up, that's, that's, what our, that's what our news does. That's what society does. It's all nagging and complaining and draining and negative. And that's kind of where we, we tend to go as human beings because we're always trying to survive. And we're looking at all for all the things that are trying to kill us. Well, for the most majority of people, there's not things roaming around trying to kill us right now. We're doing the stuff to ourselves. So you can get out of that and get develop a different habit.
which is the habit of appreciation, gratitude, the habit of thinking before you actually talk or take actions or the habit of analyzing things and saying, maybe there's a different way of looking at, at that. You know, if somebody snaps at you, you could say, well, they're just a jerk. Or maybe there's, there's something that, that they're dealing with. Maybe talk to them, maybe ask them a question. Uh, have you ever heard of the story of, about the guy on the subway with the three kids? You ever hear that story? I don't think I, so. No, it, it doesn't ring a bell. I know I've talked for a period of time and then you're good. For me, but let me, let me tell a story because it is. I'm really, learning. Yeah. It's a very good one. Um, there's a guy on the subway. It's in New York. It's very busy. He's got three kids. The kids are jumping around all over the place. And there's a guy observing and he's standing there. And um, the dad's just sitting there not doing anything. And the kids are being rambunctious and all over the place. And, and um, after about five or 10 minutes, the guy that's standing up has had enough. He's watched these kids do all sorts of stuff to people and annoy everyone around them. And, and he goes, hey. And the guy looks up and he goes, aren't you going to do something about your kids? And the guy sitting there goes, yeah, um, yeah, I should. I just, I'm sorry. We just got back from her, their mom's funeral and they don't know how to handle it. And I, I'm kind of at a loss. I don't know where I'm going to go. And, and all of a sudden, the anger that this guy had towards the guy sitting there turned into, uh, you know, sympathy. <laughs> it turned into like, oh, I appreciate the situation. I, I'm, I'm sad for your situation. And all of a sudden, these annoying kids are like, hey, let me help you with them. You know, and sometimes I'll, you just got to talk to the person. You just got to ask them, hey, man, can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? Serve, give, have gratefulness, have a little compassion. You know, if you can develop those, the habit of having those majority of the time, that your life becomes that. You know, your, life is, your life is the emotions you live on a moment-to-moment, day-to-day basis. Yep. So yep. If, yeah. Go ahead, man. Sorry. I, I, I was just, I, I can keep going. Well, and, and I can just listen because I'm just, I'm in this, my brain is just going through all these things. And, and the thing that's I'm, I'm sitting with right now is just going, we are lied to in this country. I'm speaking as an American. I believe this is the greatest country on planet earth, period. That, that's me being very biased. I know we have international listeners, but I'm, I'll get into this and I'll tell you why. Because this is a country where a kid like me who had to steal food to survive and was homeless at eight years old can have a life where I get to speak on the biggest stages in the world. And so for me, like I, if a kid in India, that's almost impossible and it's devastating and it breaks my heart. And we're told here, this is what I mean by we're lied to. We're told your friends are dangerous. Be careful. Stay away from that neighbor. That guy over there is weird. The media is out to get you. Everything's bad all the time, everywhere. And we are living in a fear state, whether it be COVID or we run out of eggs or the gas crisis or, you know, three people died and there's a billion people in this country. And it's like, guys, hold on. Perspective, please, for the love of God, take a time out and look at the world that you live in. It's the safest time to ever be alive. There's more information and education in history. Life expectancy is bigger than it's longer than it's ever been. Are there problems? Yep, for sure, hundred percent. Is there conflict? Is there death? Is there genocide and rape and slaughter and all the bad things? Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Let's not pretend that doesn't exist. But there's things you can do to give and change and create, and that's a big reason why I think Unbroken we donate to Operation Underground Railroad every month because we want to rescue children from child sex traffic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't be a complainer, be a doer. That guy on the train, 
he's he's met he's like, that they're not following the status quo right but why well their mom just died mm. for a lot of people what you have to do is we have to take a step back and that's why i love this i'm gonna say it again i love this rip acronym that you've come up with because it's so true yeah. 90 99% of the time greg when i get pissed off which happens quite frequently happens probably 10 times happens probably 10 times a day right seriously probably happens 10 to 25 times a day somewhere in that range immediately i ask myself why am i mad and just as immediately as i'm pissed off i'm back to neutral because i get clarity about what's going on you can be mad about everything you're allowed to be i'm not taking it away from you but you have to ask yourself a very 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 serious question does it serve you and chances are it doesn't my friend this has been an absolutely incredible conversation i i think we need to have more time we'll have to get into this a little bit deeper um but for the sake of that tell us please where everyone can find your new book and learn more about you yeah i mean the the, the new book is fix your bs and it's uh it's all over the place man you can find it anywhere you know google fix your bs um i'm dr greg persley you can go to uh Fix Your BS on any social media, or you can go to FixYourBS.com. I mean, Fix, F-I-X-Y-O-U-R-B-S. It's pretty simple. Um, Dr. Greg Persley, I also have my personal account. You can go there, too. Um, so, Dr. Greg Persley, man, either one. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to serve. I and mean, we, we put the um, the book on online at this, as the cheapest we possibly could, just so we can get the message out there so we can spread it. I think it's 99 cents on Kindle, um, you know. We have Fix Your BS podcast, which you're going to be on not too long. Um, just, you know, you type in Fix Your BS, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pop up. So, man, that's, I'm hoping to serve. I'm hoping to give. I'm hoping I can spread some, some um, understanding of the way life works. And so people can compress time and live the emotions they actually want to live as opposed to being, you know, in a state that they're, they're not happy with. Yeah, I love that. And of course, we'll put all of those links in the show notes. If you go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, look up Dr. G, because that's what we're going to put this episode under, um, and go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. You'll be able to grab a copy of the book. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Well, I mean, to be unbroken is, is a constant um, evolution of your life, you know, the the things that you think are correct now are probably going to be incorrect in the future. Uh, you're going to look back and go, I probably could have done that better or different. And so in that aspect or that instance, you're, you're breaking or you're breaking something or you a broken person person. So we should constantly strive to become, you know, a better version of ourselves, which is what that unbroken really is. It's saying, man, I'm trying to put these pieces together that uh of my life and of of who i am to where i learn more about who i am and what i like and what i love about life and what i want to develop in life and where i want to go and if i can do all those things eventually you know i'll get to less and less of uh, of brokenness which is really what unbroken is yeah i love that dude thank you so much for being here my friend unbroken nation thank you for listening please like subscribe comment share tell a friend if this episode has brought you value be an action taker, leave a review, because when you do, you help another person on their healing journey. Mm -hmm. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. 
please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.